0: Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. This is your host, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. You know, we've had a very interesting, a lot of interaction last two weeks with our podcast. We're going to continue that series this week. Um, Two weeks ago, we talked about terrain and all the features and reading uh, topo maps and how you can hunt around those and read those and then how to use that in your hunting strategy. Last week, we talked about the habitat side of that and then in a lot of instances, doing habitat correlating with that topo um and and the topographical changes and then try to increase your hunting success with that. And so this week, with all the interaction that's happened and all the people that are encouraging us and um commenting and sending us emails and messages on social media about how they're enjoying this the, the last two podcasts the series. Yeah. We decided to step it up again and go, okay. Well, let's, a lot of times, and this is a question that we've gotten since pretty much the beginning, the Lenin Legacy, of people sending us a map and saying, where should I hunt? Or, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. how do you go about hunting? Or where do you, how do you go about picking um, a spot? What's a safe, spot. what's
1: not? Where can I enter? How do I access?
0: Yes. And so for that, it's like, wow, okay. This is something that we hear so much that it's like, we need to devote a podcast to that. And so actually this week's, Really kind of going to be something that, <laughs> I, I don't, it's almost uh, putting on the, putting us on the spot because oh, it is. we haven't We're even. making ourselves vulnerable. Yeah. Just like our uh, speech yesterday, we got it. Massio crop Properties <laughs> yeah, in Heartland. Yeah. Um, that's a whole nother thing. We don't even want to bore you with it. So um, we are going to take a piece of property, a random piece of property and luckily for some of you guys if you're in this area it's public ground we've I I actually printed off the map two minutes ago never even looked at it and we're going to start picking our spots based on on what we're seeing on the map now keep in mind this is the question that we get is If you're going to a spot, how do you go about scouting it? If you've never, sight unseen, you've never seen it, how do you pick your spot? This is the process we use, and this is a process I've used for years and years of hunting public ground and picking it during the summer or even sometimes the week before and then driving up there, never even seeing it, and going hunting. And so that's what we're doing this week. But before we do that, I just want to take the time and thank each and every one of you that are listening um, and have been commenting and sharing it with your friends and interacting with us. You have no idea what it means to me as I'm sure I speak for Matt on this. It's just uh, it's very encouraging and is what allows us to at ten thirty at night or at eight o'clock at night in this case record these podcasts, send them out there. It's just we feel very privileged to be able to Super do privileged. this. And we we're not taking it for granted. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I just for me, I thought about this this week as, or I've thought about it a lot actually lately. Um, you know, when you're a kid, you kind of always pick what am I going to do when I grow up? What if what are you going to do? And and you and for me, I grew up in church and I just sat there going, what what do I think God has in store for me? What do I what do I think God wants me to do? And uh, a preacher never came up. Seriously. I was in
1: second grade. I remember an assignment, and I said I was going to be a preacher. <laughs> what
0: happened to that?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> I can say everybody and then that's listening to this podcast says, thankfully Matt's not a preacher. Oh, he'd, be yeah. a 130, he'd be a one thirty. He'd be a one thirty release time. Guy. Oh, you'd be missing the first half of football. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> so, but for me, I've always, you know, you always try to figure out what you're going to do when you grow up, and 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 for me, it was what is what I think God's going to try and send me to do, and. And it's been one of those times in my life now where I feel like this is exactly what I've been called to do. Actualization. Um, And for you guys who haven't really talked about it, we have in a roundabout way, but just so everybody knows that for us, the, the joy we get out of this is helping people love land more, understand land more, how to improve it. But at the end of all of that, no matter what all the habitat you can look in that land, or or set in the middle of that field, or in the middle of those woods, and go, "Wow, God created something amazing here," and I can mm-hmm. I can feel His presence here, and this is almost sermon-like. But that's who's that's, preaching that, now. <laughs> that's kind of the whole concept for us is that, and and leads into the real estate. We want to connect people through our real estate. Um, oh yeah, Endeavors. agency and and. Connect people with land, and then when they get that land, hopefully we can help them improve that land and enjoy that land more. And at the end of the day, you can you can grow in your f- faith by being on that land.
1: Exactly. There's there's a strong connection with for us, and I think a lot of people just in general because everyone wants a piece of land. That's that's the American dream, um, you know. And I don't think that that's an ironic thing. You know, we just have this connection. We lived off the land. That's what we. That's how we came here. You know. And I think, you know, that's based on that connection, um, you know, we're called to be stewards of it, and we treat it right. And one thing we haven't talked, Adam, you and I, a lot about, but it it just hit me the other day was, I guess it's more of a phrase that we haven't really said, but it's the relationship between the land and the wildlife that just grabs us and, and has our minds just day in and day out. Yeah. Understanding how... Those processes, those systems, biological and just everything, how they all
0: work together. And And how we can help every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. Oh, yeah. Is how a prescribed fire goes through a timber stand and what it does and how that improves and how that helps or how that hurts or however the fire went through. It's just always the reactions. What time of the year? I mean what
1: tree density there is everything what was there prior what's going to come back it's It's just, so fascinating to me. Yeah.
0: And and at the end of it it's it's kind of our tagline for love of the land we do this for love of the land but the second half of that is in the glory to God so we can improve it and make it fantastic and then look at this and say this is how God designed it. Yep. Um bingo. Because of the curse we have to manage it. Um we have to fight off the invasives and all that and and get it back to its natural state and that 's where we can look at it and say, "Wow, this is what it's supposed to be like mm-hmm. so that, anyway that 's the pinnacle
1: right there when you yeah. get it back to the state that you know in your region, you know based on your rainfall and your average temperatures, blah blah blah, you know my habitat is where it should be based on these features and if you can get it there, that is the
0: oh moment yeah that 's where you you that's when you. Yeah.
1: Shake the dust off of Well, your hands I was gonna and say, and that's say that's yes. what you hang your
0: hat on and say, Look at look at yeah. what look at what I did with, with this land.
1: Because there's so many places right now across the US that's not.
0: God, it's be- sickening. It's sickening. I wonder don't what, even, I wonder don't what even what get me started. Is, you know? Uh I don't even wanna know. Because just like yesterday, I drove down the road. And I hope our listeners are starting to and I'm sure you are. If you're listening to this, you're probably already into habitat. But I hope you're You're continuing your education on learning your... Because we can't come to every single property in every single state and every single place there's a white-tailed deer or the bobwhite quail or a wild turkey and say, okay, this is what you need to do. So that's why we do a podcast. And now we're doing videos. We just released one a few minutes before we started recording this podcast. A great one, by the way. And we hope you watch it. And it's kind of... Because... There's no way we can educate you on every single invasive species, so we hope it encourages you, encourages encourages you to wow. There we go. Woo! And and helps you understand your habitat that's native to your area and the invasives that are that are really popular in your area. And I say popular, they're really uh, they populated the woods. So. If you're on the East Coast, I'm sure that there's an all kind, there's all oh, kinds dude. of ones. Um, but bush honeysuckle comes to mind, even mm-hmm. though it's here in the Midwest now. I see it around a lot of big cities, and that's what's frustrating to me is we look at all these cities and all these little vacant lots, and those are like the breeding grounds for invasive species. And you you drive through Kansas City, Missouri, and even parts of the Kansas City, uh, Kansas, and it's just bush honeysuckle anywhere there's a tree. And it's just frustrating to know how much that's in, invading and how little we're doing to combat that in those areas. Um, we're sure doing our part, and we hope that listening to this it encourages you to do your part.
1: That's the hope. Yep. Let's uh, let's talk about this absolute random property.
0: Um, that where I was just sitting this, here this looking at this map this that I just place. printed off, and I'm like, I, I I always enjoy the names that they have. Oh like, yeah. On maps. Yeah, and just like the property we have that uh the prairie Hall of property that we that we manage has got a shimpaw ridge and to me you hear shimpaw and you think that's like a native probably a native American name. I or think of some like. guy who busted his shin on a log yeah. laying over Shimpa Yeah. I and don't know. um <laughs> and the <laughs> names of the ridges that they have and and so like I see schoolhouse holler. Or Hollow, if you're from Virginia, like Matt, a Um, holler there too. Kate, uh, is that Kate's Hollow? It's Kate's Hollow. That sounds Charles Hollow and Field Hollow. That's I'm more interested in Kate's Hollow than Charles's Hollow. Kate's (laughs) Hollow, yeah. uh... And Charles is hollow and spring <laughs> what is that? Spring spring or yeah. So anyway, we're actually what what county did you say this is in? This is in Shannon County, okay. Missouri. Shannon County, Missouri. South Central. This is and this is public ground. If you're so
1: skilled that you can go and find this place and this is completely random. Um and and pick out where we're, you know, suggesting to do these different techniques and hunt this area and everything, then you've got a great plan for hunting public ground. Yeah, but if you do find it, I I'll I want somebody. If you find it,
0: <laughs> I want you to go take a picture there and and send it to us so we can make that connection. But, um, yeah. And so I have right here in front of me. I have two maps: a really dark uh, aerial photo from Google Earth, and there it is: Schoolhouse Hollow, Big Creek. So our western border is Big Creek, and uh, Matt picked a good one because it's just a big old chunk of woods. Big old so, chunk of woods, just
1: as blank slate as you could get and of course in in south central missouri there is a lot of elevation terrain in 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 this region and um as you go through the podcast and be sure to look on facebook because we're gonna have these pictures up you know the topo map the blank aerial um and then a and then a aerial basically that we've edited with our suggestions as we go through the podcast that'll all be up there um really encourage you to go there and check that out comments on it because without looking at the aerial the blank thing is what we're looking at right now um, the podcast isn't going to be as effective for you so to orient yourself around this aerial it does run right now north to south so that big creek on the western side of the property is running primarily it flows north to south there is a public road i'm sure it's gravel but um, that runs around the north side and then follows along the eastern portion um, for a good little ways. And it drops down to a hollow and runs south and then shoots west back over to Big Creek. Um, that's pretty much the, the property. And I just, again, this is random. It's 1,700 acres um, that just this section that we're looking at and just kind of zooming in. Um, automatically, what do, what do we see right here from
0: the aerial? So first off, so let's just say I just gained access to this, and I live states away, and, and I met a guy whose uncle owns a big chunk in southern Missouri, and I say, sweet, do you think he'd let me? He says, yeah, I'll talk to him. And I get his number, and he says, yeah, come on out. So now it's scouting from states away is basically what we're doing right now. So I printed off, and I mean, I think everybody uses Google Earth now, mm-hmm. and I printed that one off. I've got online or wherever, and I've got a map that has topography changes, because that is very important in this area. Now, I I would like to look at it in Iowa as well, but sometimes you're not going to get those huge changes. Like if we're hunting Kansas, uh, looking at our Kansas property, we're not seeing anything. Ariel is going to tell us more. But it depends on the area. In this area, topography changes are very important because there's a bunch of them. And so we're looking at this map. I've got these two in front of me. This is usually where I start. And I say, okay, I'll start at Google Earth because that's as easy as I can to... The easiest thing to to get a first off look at this property as soon as i look at it i see some drainages i see some draws and hollers and i go okay there's elevation change but the biggest thing i see is trees there's trees everywhere
1: everywhere and i know your your map is a little little dark but they're it for looks me, like pockets of cedars well or I, honestly even. i think they're pines okay um just based on looking at the that like area it's a higher res yeah um map but there are pockets of shortleaf pines and there's I'm I'm basically seeing three. Three across this whole whole place and less than ten percent of the the property would be shortleaf pine, which is common to the Ozarks. Um so basically Especially just having that, that under, yeah, having that understanding of of okay, I'm in this region, what can I expect there? Um from an aerial aerial and you're in let's say you live in Kansas and you're looking at this, you're gonna say, Oh that's probably that probably is cedars. But just having that idea of, okay, typically, yeah, okay. Probably here's another way finding. to find
0: that out, and this is what I've done. It's public ground. So I'm calling a <laughs> – I'll call a uh, Chad Keith of that area. He works – my <laughs> brother works at the U.S. Forest Service, so he'd be aware. He would know what's in that area, and I would call the wildlife um, or whoever is the biggest hunter in that office of the Mark Twain um, U.S. Forest Service area, and I'd say I want to talk to you about this area, mm-hmm. and or even and, and even if it's private ground, you can still call somebody like that and get that kind of information. Yeah, and for sure. I would ask him. I would say, okay, um, I'm looking at this area down here. It looks like there's some pines or cedars, some sort of evergreens. What is it And most likely? He's going to give you a, oh, that's that's pines. That's in this unit. Whatever. That so that's shortleaf pine. Another big question. This is for all the hunting strategy involved. So I'm guessing you have a lot of oaks. What's the acorn crop this year? Mm -hmm. Do we have a lot of acorns? Do we not? And if it is, um, probably there's there's, unless there was a huge frost or freeze late in the spring when the oaks were flowering, I would say, okay, yeah, there's probably acorns. All right, that's probably the food source. I would confirm that with the person I called. Or if you don't have that ability, that's the first thing you're checking when you get to the property is say, okay, what's the food source? What is controlling the movement across this property? You start seeing acorns along the road, next to the road, you go, okay, there's probably acorns in there. Now the strategy is acorns are the food source. Oh, mm-hmm. look what? Look at this, Matt. There's food across Every the... What did you say this where? was? 1,700, 1700 acres? acres. So there's food 1,700 acres across the property. Oh, goody. So now how can I bottleneck deer? Mm-hmm. Then that's going to come down to finding the bottlenecks, and that's what we've talked about the last, well, two weeks ago and a little bit last week. And the other thing that I want to look for as I'm as I'm examining the aerial, of
1: course, we know we, we can see because of some shadows and stuff on the aerial. Yes, there's elevation changes, but what I'm not seeing is what looks like different regeneration in the timber yeah it's all it's all all wooded so basically to me it is a um homogenous so basically all the same age timber in this 1700 acre unit um so basically if i if i if there was some timbering in there um especially like in a maybe a clear cut or a defined unit you would be able to see a difference
0: on that aerial if the you know they were done and I would types. definitely key in on that on hunting. If it was Certainly. an early fo- young forest and there was a lot of early succession, I would even say, okay, that's a that's probably where they're bedding or a lot mm-hmm. of the movement is congregated around that area. And even if it's, let's just say it's a year with no acorns, you call, you call or you go and scout and you find out real quickly there's no acorns, then it's like, well, that's probably a food source then because if they don't have anything else to eat mm-hmm. out here, they're going to key on in some other areas. So For sure um but in this instance acorns or we would hope for some sort of fragmented landscape but there yeah. is none you picked a good one
1: <laughs> well that's the thing i wanted i wanted a challenge a blank slate that was just like okay we we wanted challenges we wanted to be able to navigate through this um together and just share our thoughts of what we're doing what we're looking at and then i think you know let's say let's say you do call just like adam said and, and there's no acorns now, the other portion of why I did include this on the map is that there is a large open field not on this public ground or, excuse me, within this 1,700 acres. It is off the property. And that, even though it looks like a pasture to me from the aerial, still may be a may be considered a food source if there's no acorns. I'm sure there's a mix of clovers in that pasture. It looks like it's a pretty large pasture, um certainly over 100 acres and i want to know if there is that i would probably drive by or or at least say okay if there's not acorns that's that's likely a place a destination that some deer are going to get to so let me just kind of examine that area look at the terrain features can i even get back in there is it is, is it feasible so you know that's sure you can there's always you there's hike. A, you're hiking.
0: And- You know what we used to say, and of course everybody says this, but we said it a lot, and and when we were hunting public The originators. No. If there's a will, there's a way. Oh, yeah. And so it was always like, well, how bad do you want it? If I want it pretty bad, I will walk three ridges over, or I will ride a bike, in -hmm. many cases, four and a half miles in, or I will paddle a canoe down a... A river, or I will strip down to my undies Skibbies. and wade the creek. Oh yeah, if I have to. We've done that scouting, not even hunting. I know, but we did it a lot hunting, <laughs> um,
1: even when it's cold. Yeah, that was uh, shrinkage. Um, so anyway, um, so I think it's important to again make that phone call, and then. Yes, you have a property boundary that's important to absolutely 100% respect, but you have to know what's going on outside of that property as well as what's going on inside the the portion that you can hunt. And after I think all that is done, that thought process, you know, has been made. You've made those phone calls. Um, I think it's certainly time to then say, okay, there's elevation change. What's next? Boom, topo. What? Degree elevation change. Am I looking at, and from there, how does that change things? How do I now need to approach this site, this, you know, seventeen hundred acres? Where where should I just forget about trying to hunt, and where where are the key features? Again, this goes back to um, podcast number thirty when we talk about topography and identifying those those ridges, the slopes, the benches, the draws and everything else in between the, the saddles. You know, we need to identify that and figure out where we can get to, where deer are going to be and what's just basically feasible to hunt. Adam, you've got the you got the topo. You're over there studying.
0: Yeah, I'm just I I'm fa- I'm a I'm a map nerd. Yep. Um I love maps and I just when I look at a piece of property, that's I just I could stare at a map a lot. Um minus so, the kansas map so which i've stared at for hours and hours and i get <laughs> sick of staring at that one but um this one for sure i i just love maps mm-hmm. and i'm looking at this one and i'm like i kind of get yeah <laughs> this isn't your normal type podcast i'll bet um because as far as I know, there's not—I don't know of anybody that really does podcasts around us. But a lot of the podcasts I hear out of Iowa or Northern Missouri, mm-hmm. and I get almost giddy when I start seeing a bunch of terrain changes like this because it's like, oh, I feel—I feel at home. This is this is my stuff, and I feel and, at uh, home. But like it, I feel like if you have an understanding of it, if
1: you're able to grasp from a from a topo map and an aerial map and and have a good prediction of what deer are gonna do. The thought of driving five hours out of state, staying in a hotel, putting up the money for that, and maybe scout for a day, and then hang and hunt a couple of times, but you have that prediction and that this that gut feeling that this is a killing spot man i I have no problem packing the truck and going you know mm-hmm. but but doing your homework ahead of time and learning how to read these maps is is
0: the end all to me when that's it comes a to that. that's a huge part of the fun is is kind of what i used to get a huge joy out of this is i would take the maps i would look the maps over and i'd say okay um this is and i would mark out i would print these maps off and i would mark out this uh this looks like a good spot this looks like a good spot this looks like a good spot i may color coordinate morning spot afternoon spot and i would do all that i would mark them all out and then now this is this is the disadvantage to the guys that get one week to hunt um a year or whatever they take vacation time and that's their week to hunt is you show up and you pretty much have seven days to make it happen or maybe it's three days and so you're trying to scout and hunt all at the same time for me what I do is I would mark these spots I would call and confirm or I would get there and confirm the food source Um, in this case I know acorns so I'm trying to find out there's acorns then I'm going into these areas wind dependent that's huge if you only have six days or three days you don't have any time to to mess it up and then wait for them to get over it or make that mistake again you pretty much have to be a ninja and make it happen the first time go in wind dependent so if you mark it out and you're like okay i need to access this on a south wind this one on a west wind whatever you go in and scout those when you have the favorable wind take the stand with you if you have it uh, if you have the time, go ahead and hang the stand. If you find what you're looking for, so what I got the joy out of was marking out those areas and then going in and scouting and confirming, yep, this is a good spot. And I knew it from states away or miles away, and I hadn't mm-hmm. even been here.
1: I was 800 miles away, and I I, and I could put I could pick a tree from 800 miles away and say I'm gonna kill a
0: deer out of that. Yeah. Ooh. And, and that's what I loved about that's it. That's a good and feeling. That's what, what I. I, there's a couple spots on this where I'm like, ooh, I'd like to see that area. Oh, uh, yeah. Almost maybe maybe we ought to go over there and hunt it ourselves. Hey, um, we might. That would be kind of cool to go and then film. Um, it would be. So, but you picked Shannon County. Come on, man. <laughs> um, it was random. Yeah. So I'm going to say hello to my buddies over there. Um, so I'm looking at this map and I'm going, wow, there's some great saddles. Beautiful saddles. <laughs> yeah. And there was one where I'm like, my Goodness, it talk just, about a pinch. And this is, that's the one I'm talking yeah, about just bingo. southeast of the O on where it says Polk.
1: I haven't um, not stared at that spot since we started talking about topo maps.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that is like
1: but we've l- got let's a let's break huge... down
0: real quick why though. Like okay. again,
1: if you if you're looking at the on the Facebook page and you we've got the topo and you see that that word that says polk, look right below
0: the O. That is a saddle. First off, before we say that, I, I, when you the reason why, when you're going into that, um, you'll notice some shadows on this topo map. And you have to look and say, okay, where are these shadows coordinated? Because that's going to help you understand whether it's a east-facing slope, west-facing slope, whatever. But if you look, these are all on the southeast side of ridges. So that tells us that basically the way they position the, the sun, if you will, to add these shadows, that anywhere you see shadows, it's it's going to be a south a southern or or an eastern facing slope so when you look at that saddle and underneath that the shadows is lines and lines and lines showing that it is a very steep southeastern slope very steep but man i I, that right now i mean i haven't studied this a whole lot but that's my favorite spot so far Mm because i see a little bitty draw pumping up into it too oh yeah from where it says from the, 900 and it goes straight up and it kind of yep, goes in there. Um, so if they weren't crossing that draw and they're going up and crossing for basically one hauler to the next hauler. And, and it's that's, basically that's it. Kate's hollow, if you will, uh, the main hauler in, in the very central portion of this chunk. Um, it cuts back to the Southeast a, a, a little portion of it and it, Ties in this huge holler with another huge holler and into a really steep slope, but there's a saddle, and that mm-hmm. just tells me, okay, this is a, probably a pretty good bottleneck.
1: And, and that, to me, though, it, looking at this versus an aerial, okay, we understood that it's all timber. Honestly, I almost want to say, okay, cool, don't care anymore. Boom, that's that's kind of off my plate a little bit. Yeah, it's now it's, it's an all it,
0: topo game. It's not a yes, one hundred percent. It's not a. Where's the food? Where's the bedding? For you guys that are in the, for you guys that are in timber country that deal with this acorn crop situation, you guys know what we're fixing to say, but let's, let's break some glass for the guys in Iowa, um, and Kansas or wherever to where you just, you know, where the bedding is, you know, where the food is and you know where the transition areas is and all good for you. We'll just say good for you. (laughs) Show Um, them some love. But here, something. no, because this goes out to my <laughs> boys in Timber County or in Timber Country that say, you know what? Because this was me. I watch the TV shows, and all they ever do is talk about bedding and and food and how they're hunting a the transition area. Well, guess what, my dear? They eat, sleep, and move around all in the same area, or because it's all the same. There's acorns everywhere. There's no cover, and so there's no transitionaries. The deer basically stand up from bed, eat a few acorns, bed back down, walk around a little bit, whatever. But there's no place to really pinpoint Be- because it's bedding.
1: Again, we've already, we've already identified that it is homogenous. There's there's no difference in the ter- in in, me, not in the timber. There's there's none of that throughout this property. That's two. De- that's going to define deer bedding versus feeding, so on and so forth. So with but, that, right? With, with that what we being have said, now.
0: We have two things to me. We have a lot of terrain. So, weather dependent, temperature dependent, we know if it's really hot, it's early season. They're going to be bedding probably on the northern slopes, eastern slopes. Let's real afternoons. quick, real quick explain that. Okay. Real quick. There, early if, season. If it's early season and it's hot. There's a good chance if you have acorns, too. Typically, we have more white oaks on or better timber on the northern sides because there's more moisture, and so you have a better chance. The sun is not chance. nearly
1: as hot on yep. a northern slope versus a southern slope be, because of the way we are in the northern hemisphere and the way the sun moves across the yes. earth. And, and so it, it goes to a galaxy solar system, predicts this stuff, yeah. which is crazy to me. But, correct, the way the sun moves across the earth, Northern slopes are going to be cooler. They're going to have the better
0: trees because it's not as harsh. Yes. conditions. So typically you have in in, in, in this, this area, you'll have more white oaks on the Northern slopes and, and that's an early season acorn and, or typically cause it's already fallen, but it's also cooler. So deer spend their time bedding on those Northern slopes, sometimes Northeastern slopes. That's just typical, not saying it doesn't happen other ways, but that's typical. Um, and then during the winter when it's cold, and especially if there's no grain around here, and they're going to be trying to warm up from the sun. So they're going to bed more in the western slopes or southern slopes. So they get some sun during the middle of the day when they're bedded down. So because, you know, as we know, the days are shorter during
1: the later the winter, and the sun moves more on the southern portion of the, the hemisphere, now that's what makes the day shorter, but the sun's there, so the heat's there on the southern slopes versus the northern portion of the slopes. They can access the heat. They need that heat from the sun, the, the um, solar radiation, to keep them warm. So that's why we got to identify, okay, depending upon what time I'm traveling to this property to hunt, is then going to predict, or, or I guess we can make the assumption that majority of the deer are going to be on the northern s- slopes, During early season and
0: Southern during the later portions of the season. So I'm, so keep that in mind from picking the hunting strategy on the Northern slopes. I'm going to start trying to locate bottlenecks correlated with those Northern slopes to Mm -hmm. where I know they're betting there. Now let's find a way I can hunt them close to the Northern slope, but it's also in a betting area to where I have a better chance of punching the tag. Um, and so keeping that in mind, we know two things I said earlier and that was 10 minutes ago, but, um, That's one thing. The other thing is terrain is the biggest factor in my hunting strategy here. How can I find, not only is it trying to find bottlenecks, but it also correlates with the way I'm getting around this property. Oh, for sure. Um, Now, my map looks like there's a road pretty much the whole northeast, half of the eastern side, northeastern side, all the way along the north side. And it goes all the way down to that creek. Now, that creek I I grab my other map and I look and I say, "There's some terrain changes around that creek, but uh, enough terrain changes where I could I could access that creek bank. Looks like the creek's not a very big one, but it's pretty flat down there. Yeah, it's it, so it I opens can use up. that creek to access half of the western side. Mm-hmm. Now, if I want to, the, and the southeastern side is very very steep, I don't even want to go down there. Mm, um, no. Most of the majority of the property sets away from that anyway, or it's not nearly as steep." And so it looks like I can access the majority by two ridges and a road and the river. So I can pretty much access the whole place. Now that's going to be... It's going to
1: take some work to get on that southern portion. The southern portion is the most inaccessible.
0: Yeah. It's just walking down one big ridge right. through the best bottleneck. True. So True. I would Keep quickly... Keep mind. For me, the first thing I'm doing when I get there, I'm going to start... Looking to see what the food source is. If I haven't talked to anybody, okay, acorns play a game. Okay. Now I need to, it's, it's November. So I know, let's just say, cause that's typical for a lot of people. You take your vacation time end of October, early November. It's, it's prime time. That's when I'm hunting. So I'm not really focused as much that time of the year on North, North slopes, South slopes for bedding. I'm focused more on bottlenecks. Cause I know Bottle bucks are going to move like nice. crazy. Yes. So it's bottlenecks now. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to check out that that saddle southeast of the O. And and what I really like, and this is
1: this is kind of the property architecture side of things. Um, what I love about that feature on that uh, saddle is the fact that if you look on the southern portion of that saddle. Those lines are a lot closer together than they are on the northern section. So I know that's a really steep, really steep side. If you go back to the podcast um, that we talked about topography, we talked about having the ability to basically blow your wind, have your wind always above the deer if they do come from the southern side, and it be way over top of their heads because it's such a sharp drop off and a steep drop off that if you're twenty foot up a tree and you have a, a decently strong north wind. That those deer will never smell you, and it's a few ridges away before it ever gets back down to the ground because it's so steep right there in that area. So even if you have deer that you're expecting to come from the south, I wouldn't be as scared to hunt it with a north wind because I'm so much higher than them, and I know at that time of the year leaves are getting fallen or getting ready to fall, and it's steep. That scent is gone out
0: of there. And, and not only that, there's two advantages of the saddle. Is if yeah. How many times have you heard the phrase ridge runner? An old ridge runner, but oh, yeah. um this yeah, we're looking at a huge ridge, almost because it's mm-hmm. a big it's a big ridge that runs northeast to southwest and actually ties in with another big ridge down there and has a whole bunch of fingers coming off of it. So it's a huge ridge and a whole complex of ridges that tie in with another one and they are all pinched together in this little bitty bridge of a ridge. Um that is that saddle that we're talking about. So not only we could we catch deer cutting from one draw to the next draw through that saddle, but we have other deer that could be cutting through ridge top to ridge top, traveling through that little pinch. Um, and then so so that when I go and scout it, I'm trying to figure out exactly how these deer are traveling through there, and then I'm going to place my stand accordingly. So if they're if they're going from draw to draw. Um, this is why I like having the whole climber stand or stacking sticks and a light stand when I'm hunting public ground like this because I can just hang wherever I want. It's not a bunch of permanent stands, so I always go light with that. But um, I would be going, okay, they're going from draw to draw more in this in this saddle, so I'm going to hunt. I've got a north wind, I'm going to hunt on the south side. That's just a no-brainer to me. But that little area is just that's the first place I'm looking. And if and keep in mind, if that is the very best like i get in there and everything's confirmed there's scrapes there's rubs there's trails i'm gonna go ahead and hang a set and i'm crossing off the rest of that ridge because i don't want to walk through one of the best spots to go look for greener pastures that aren't that may not even be there Mm -hmm. that's a big mistake we can make if we only have a few days to hunt is to go well i want to see all of it well if you've already found a spot that's pretty darn good don't try and see all of it just just accept that you probably be, be already found a good spot. Be confident in that spot. Give yeah. it a whirl. So yeah. that's a spot right there that I, I want to check that out, Matt. You got anything that, else before well, we move to another spot?
1: I was just gonna say, I love it again with that north wind. You've got a gentler slope for those deer to work out of that that drain that bottom um, and work up that direction. I, I love that spot. Um, I think it's versatile. I think again, it just is an extreme pinch, um, and and you can definitely see that deer will work through there there it's just a matter of time um but let's say that spot doesn't have the sign that you anticipate it having what do you do then i'm gonna go continue down that ridge and one place that has caught my eye and if i look let me see your map real quick very south very yeah we're 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 both sitting on the on the same the same mark. Well, there's there's really two places that um that catch my eye, um, and that's that's the drain that comes up.
0: Okay, the so really, the really steep the drain. really
1: the really steep drain that comes up, and you're you're basically well, this is when we talk about hunting the top end of a draw.
0: Yeah,
1: and we know that deer are most likely going to be going down behind you. Because of its, it's so steep. And the great thing about this one is that you've got a nice flat out in front of you. Um, and then you also have a, another ridge that basically wraps around to the north. Um, so you can hunt this on a west wind, kind of a northwest wind, s- southwest-ish maybe. Um, but know that you've got deer that basically can wrap around you. Um, so it's, it's kind of versatile, you know, you don't get to go travel and predict the wind. You don't have, you have a certain amount of time. So I also want to be looking for stands that, okay, you know, I'm, I'm in the stand. I've got a wind that's predicted from the, um, West switching to the Northwest. I don't want to give up an afternoon because, you know, the stand isn't 100% perfect for that. Or, or I just have a West wind stand. I want to find something that, that gives me a little bit of play. And looking at that one um, definitely does that and I think it's just it's versatile. I don't have to really worry about where my wind's going um, and it forces deer up in front of you because of the, just the way the, the, well, lay that's the a,
0: land that's a can of worms right there you just opened up and yeah, I don't want <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it much but I know it's been a discussion in many hunting camps of I only have seven days to hunt and I really want to hunt that spot. I'm not gonna get out. I'm not gonna leave without hunting it. So I don't care about the wind. I'm just going in there. It's only seven days. <laughs> so See, don't do uh, it. I'll just answer it yeah. real quick and we'll move on. Don't do it. But getting back to that spot, that's another one I have, Matt. Um, mm-hmm. Looking at that is I actually have one. W- when we look at a, a new area, I'm always looking for things that are gonna that are drastic, that are big changes, that right. are. Ways to break up the the just monotony. Monotony, yes, of of a property. So, if it's that's why I like that's why I like terrain changes. It's oh yeah, because, for sure. Um, it breaks stuff up, and in that little draw, it looks almost like when you look at the just the shadow portion, it looks almost like a a triangle or a shark tooth. It's long, yeah. skinny, and gets wider towards the northeast and automatically I'm going if there's if there's deer down in that draw they're not cutting up that slope no way jose and they may just hug the whole they may just hug the southeastern line and come right up it or they may go, me go, they may be going from one ridge to the other and they're just going to avoid it and just whoop just shoot right around that little that little draw the top of that draw and that's right where we have the stand
1: mhm mhm and he, here's another one. It, it it's really close to the western side of the property. And initially when I first when I first looked at the topo on here, I didn't recognize it as such a good spot until I really started studying it. Um and that is the western side of the property. You know, you see I'm going to show you right here and we'll have it labeled on the map, don't worry. Um You're looking oh. Right. right here. Yeah, right okay. right there, right there. Sorry. Yeah. Woo! Right there. Um, I like that for a south southeast wind. It's a to me, it's a broad draw. Yeah. It's a really broad one. Um, it's not as sharp and defined as the other ones, but again, I'm I'm looking, I'm seeing really, really steep terrain back behind me if I hunt that on a south-southeast wind. And what is really intriguing is what is beyond what is outside of the property border. And that is a ridge basically that runs from southeast to, I mean, southwest to northeast. And then I have another ridge that's kind of a west northwest that basically draw comes and continues east into a much larger one. So that to me, I have converging ridges um, that are all working boom right there in front of where a stand would be at. And that in and of itself is also a saddle because if you look directly across from where that stand location would be, um There's another kind of a pinch into the ridge, so that ridge pinches. You've got multiple ridges coming together. I can get in there, blow it with the southeast, off across the other ridge, across the steep portion, and know that deer are most likely could be
0: traveling in front of me. You're hunting field holler deer, trying to get over to the house holler deer. Say again. <laughs> <laughs> That's the two hollers, a couple of the. Oh, hollers. I gotcha. Field yeah. holler deer trying to get over to house Hall yeah, here. Yeah.
1: Absolutely though. Um, but that that is an easy way for them to do so. Um and I, I really like that spot. It's a long way in, but you know what? If you got the right wind and you can get in there, and that one I would I would most likely it'd be a, it'd be a walk, but I'd come up from the creek side.
0: Yeah, I'll let you have that stand. <laughs> um <laughs> another trick I do and this going back to the shadows thing and and trying to find drastic changes because when you find drastic changes let's just say you find a bluff typically if you find a long bluff if you go down that bluff and you scout it out you can find either a hole maybe there's a maybe there's a spot where there's that bluff crumbled and it's kind of falling down and deer are using it now almost as a fence gap or they're bottlenecking on the on one end or the other end that's just that's just a good thing to keep in mind when trying to scout in in areas like this is is getting to basically find drastic changes. So when it comes to the shadows, and you can play with Google Earth, um, and actually do some topo overlay on that as well. And you can uh,
1: change the way the sun moves across.
0: That's on what Google I'm Earth. saying. Playing okay. with it, you can change it to where you get sun on western facing slopes or or eastern face sl- facing slopes. And when I do that, and and this is call me crazy, but when I look at this, I kind of get the old squinty eye look, and I go, that kind of blocks out all those lines, and I say, oh, it really highlights those shadows. That's why I say do that. You didn't know what you're doing it now. I'm trying to look at a screen. So you do a little squinty eye and I say, oh, and it really, oh, there we go. Okay, I'm really focused. That just helps me focus (laughs) on the shadows. So you're saying the shadows tell me that that our first spot we talked about, there's a huge draw, huge steep slope right through there. Okay, that's a pretty good one. The second spot we talked about, pretty good one. There's two more. I just I, is, just
1: I want to say, you said get squinty eyes so I can focus on it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it, so I can focus <laughs> on I'm, the shadows. I'm trying this again.
1: Bear with me. So okay. you squinty. basically
0: when you get squinty eyed, all you can really tell are shadows. And so it blocks out everything else. You're saying all the blinds blurring together. All the blinds are, all the lines are just, they're not even part of it. So I'm just focused on shadows and that tells me where steep terrain is. Everyone gets squinty eyed. Yep. And, and that's just how I'm seeing these, the the two spots we've already talked about are two places that I'm already, already drawn to. Yeah. Another one that I'm looking at is this Kate's hollow, North slope or South facing slope, North side of Kate's holler. And there's a pretty good little draw right there. And of course, Kate's holler is a very, uh, it's the main holler in this whole complex. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at that ridge and I think there's, there's a lot of places that I can focus on deer movement in those ridges and get to fairly easily um, there's a, it looks like they have a road dashed out on this, on this ridge. I think ridge. they do, yep. And if there's a road there, automatically that, I just autom I just think of scrapes during that time of the year and bucks mm-hmm. running up and down those roads, those old logging roads. And because it's a path of least resistance, when you look at this, it's all timber. So if there's a, even if it's a skitter road from 10 years ago and it's still somewhat open, they're going to travel it. So I want to find that road, walk it down. It's an easy way to walk in. And then find a bottleneck or an intersection that connects along that road. And to me, it's right there kind of northwest of Kate's Hollow, on top of that
1: ridge.-hmm. And I think one thing that's that's really important to to notice on that ridge above Kate's Hollow versus the the larger ridge on the southern portion of this property, is the fact that, okay, that the slopes on both sides, the north and south side. Are really really steep, and the way those those drains cut into that ridge, I don't really suspect because of that terrain, and because I know the interval on the topo, I don't suspect that deer are really going to be side sloping very much. No, if they travel east to west at all, they will be on that ridge top. Mm-hmm. So you have to again look at the the not just the ridge top itself, but okay. The terrain, the, the steepness of the terrain is a pinch point in and of itself. It's not going to look like, you know, uh, um, a fence row, you know, in crop country. Yeah. That's, that's your pinch point. But this is a pinch point in timbered terrain country. And you got to imagine that deer are going to take the, le- the path of least resistance and be on that ridgetop because of the, the steepness
0: and the intensity of that slope. Hmm. And so, to me, that's a That's another great spot. In in a many many ways, you can go. Sure. If you walk up to it on the eastern part of that that shadow, that big steep bluff, and say, "Yeah, not really what I was looking. I'm gonna keep walking down it." And there's two little bottlenecks or two little saddles there. Um, where I have my where I have my two dots here. Yeah. Um, I'll, they're not steep, drastic saddles, but I definitely want to check them out. But and, they don't. And, but they don't have to be on this one because that ridge is
1: so small. It's so yeah. narrow. Any little bit of saddle um, characteristics in the train
0: is is going to be another pitch point. Yeah. And then if they're not really, if I'm not really seeing what I want, I'm going to go down and check out the west end of that of that draw mm-hmm. or that slope and say, are they coming up from the bottom on the west end of this? And if they are, then I'm going to have a longer walk. <laughs> but to yeah. me, that's just that's just how you scout that area. Now we can. We we put all of our assumptions on when we're scouting from states away, but once we get there, we can confirm and we just cross off this list. Mm-hmm. Okay, those three places aren't as good as I thought from states away, but this is a really good spot. Yeah, another spot, and I think we're coming up on time. I don't ha- I don't have a clue what time it is, but I didn't even set a watch. I already I got a I already got a text from my wife saying, "Are you almost done yet?" So, um. <laughs> I guess we have plans after this for going <laughs> right. to a friend's house. Um, is northeast corner, Matt? Let's yeah. just call it the the Clover Field. Oh, because I, I, I was see, already going there next. It looks like a clover. It uh, does. The the ridge is three, three ridges that look like a clover leaf, mm-hmm. and then the clover stem, if you will, yep. um, could be a fantastic little bottleneck because it is a saddle. To
1: me, what I what I see that being is a is a fan in, or a funnel, if you will. Um, so just imagine the shape of a funnel. And because you have these three lobes off this main ridge beyond that saddle to the north of the saddle, I see that as, okay, because of that terrain, I can have deer coming up from this um, little ridge over here, the ridge in front of me, and then the ridge off to my left. And they're all going to pinch down here because of the drains that come up from those ridges into the saddle. And I know basically I'm gonna have deer from let's say oh gosh, ninety degrees in front of me, they from out that distance, way out there, they're gonna be working out and and bottlenecking down right into my travel corridor that I'm hunting. So I, I see that as I'm covering a much larger area than just, you know, a straight line, oh, deer are getting from here to here. Actually I'm seeing deer are getting from way over here to my right. And then over here to my left, anywhere in between that, that deer are traveling from,
0: they're going to come by this spot right here because of the terrain. Yeah, to me, I see I see intersections from the three little ridges, mm-hmm. the petals of the clover, if you will, and yep. they're intersecting with that main ridge. That's right. one way. Or we're catching deer from the two haulers east and west of there cutting over in the saddle. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so... To me, and it's easy to get to. That one's really easy to get to. Not too far off that's, the road. That's for your lazy but... buddy. <laughs> yeah, doesn't want to walk as far. Yep. We've all got them. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that right there could be a fantastic area. So if it is really good, don't send him there. Make him walk. <laughs> yeah. But to me, that's that. That's just automatic. Those those little spots. Um, do you got? Do we, I, I have, don't know if we have I time have for w- one more. I have one more. I it a good one. That is,
1: <clears throat> it's iffy. It's, no. it's real iffy, but you would have to hunt it on an east wind. And, that, you know, in our area, and really across a lot of portions, you just don't get that many east winds. Why does There's everybody a, keep saying that?
0: I, I don't see just a straight east. I I, I hear east. that so much. East winds, we never get them. Most, I most always of the, scratch my head going... I need more east wind stands during hunting season. Cause here in the last couple of years, we get a lot of, we've had a lot of east we've had winds. So I know many that's a normal winds, but southeast is like, and you know what Glo- I think of with warming. east wind, global oh. warming. That's and, it. And if you know me very well at all, you know I get fed up with weather forecasts. Global a warming, lot. and east winds are like to me. I told my brother this the other day, and I try not to be too political but east winds are about as reliable as hillary clinton testimonies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just seem to swirl it's like if i get an east wind it's it's going to be southeast at some point it's going to be northeast at some point it's going to be east at some point and it just like swirls back and forth like a a fish tail just yeah. waving in the wind like it just it just goes everywhere i think and it's so, laughing
1: as it does it too cuz it knows you're hunting it's
0: like uh, <laughs> so that's why honestly if you if you have to hunt on east winds, um, do it. Obviously, get out there and enjoy the outdoors. But if you had the option to pick which winds, I don't hunt a lot of straight east winds because typically we don't get a lot of weather fronts from the east wind. So we don't when we get an east wind, it's less than ten miles an hour, and it's always so daggum variable wind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but where's your east wind spot, Matt? Okay,
1: <clears throat> and the reason I say this is because of the terrain and the way that creek system flows. Okay, so we've got we've got Kate's Hollow right there. You can see the lettering. We've got to move west on Kate's Hollow out to right there where the big portion of the creek, big creek and the other drain kind of come together. To me, there's a pinch right there. I want to be just on the western side of that pinch. On a cool day, the thermals from Kate's Hollow and all the other drainages to the south Everything there is going to be pulling out to the west on a cool day. The thermal's working towards that big creek. And then basically because of the steep terrain right there at Kate's Hollow on the north side of that, everything is going to be working out in that bottom. And then it pinches down from the the ridge that comes from the south, the really, 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 really skinny ridge right there and kind of cuts up to get back on that um, ridge above Kate's Hollow do yeah, you see that i like that spot if 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 i'm there because of, on a cool day or an evening set where i know that you know temperatures will be dropping and pulling back out to the big creek i can i can assume or or predict that deer if they want to go out to that big creek system or if that field remember that that field off the property let's yeah. say there's no acorns and it or or it turns into an ag field over time or whatever what do you think I'm, it is right now? Fiskew? No, it oh, it's like. fescue. <laughs> that's what it looks like. Yeah. Um I there basically to me that's a huge territory that I can really feel confident that all the deer are gonna funnel through. That that are pulling and even let's say, um one of the easiest places I think for deer to get from that main southern ridge to Cates Hollow is through that really, really skinny ridge on the western portion of the property. They come right down that that spine drop down into Cape Hollow, and then back up onto the western portion of um, Basically that Basically that other spot at the that, western right. end of that slope, that yes. bluff. And if it's I'm, not really
0: bluff, but steep, steep slope.
1: If I come in from Big Creek to that pinch, I've got a really good chance on an east wind and a cooler day that I'm not going to get smelled, but any deer moving through there is going to be likely within range because of the terrain, because of the way it works, and because of the thermals
0: that's that's to me a, a good little spot on an east wind yep i like it and and i think we pretty well covered if that's your area or you're thinking about just finding an area there you go we have gave you a north a north spot or a north wind spot a west wind spot i believe a south wind spot mm-hmm. and now matt just gave you an east wind spot so um and that that that's pretty much how we do it you know one other thing, if if we get in there and we're not seeing a lot of activity on the slopes, another thing I would check is try to look really close. It's hard on the map I have to find some shelves um, yeah. that might be maybe the deer hanging out more in the bottoms or whatever. There's a couple of shelves on here. Nothing. Mm-hmm. They're a little harder to find. You really have to look close to get them. I'm not seeing anything the, the too big drastic. One, the big one I see is on the very western side um, off the main ridge you
1: know, where basically... I had that third point we had, yeah, yeah right there, yeah, yeah um there's gonna be a there's gonna be a steeper portion of the drain there and then it's gonna drop off to a little
0: shelf, but to me and in this terrain saddles and draw the top of draws um is, is this this terrain is really pronounced, yeah, really if you have a ridge
1: or you have a draw and not that much in between because it's so steep, so again those those uh benches are gonna be a little bit tougher to find in this terrain, however, if you do find them. Um, and the deer are more towards the bottoms or, or side slope. And, um, you know, let's say it could be on the north side of slope and there are the white oak acorns early season. Boom. There you go. I'd be hunting a bench if you can access it. So hopefully that, that, uh, really gives you a good idea of the thought process that, that we go through as we're looking at properties. This is, this one was, you know, more of a, a hunting strategy. um, not necessarily a management one, but we were able to combine this multiple podcast. Does your wife listen to the podcast? Um, many of them. Okay. Well,
0: there you go, Emily. Matt has a thought process. Oh gosh. (laughs) Uh, She no, no. Her comeback would
1: be, is most likely, yeah, when it revolves around hunting. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Yeah, baby.
0: To me, this is like, I've done this so many times. I I really enjoy this, and honestly, this is what I miss about some. Yeah, it's it's always like it's putting what you know to the test. Is Mm -hmm. okay. I'm states away. Um, this is how I'm scouting. I printed off a couple of maps. Okay. Yep. That's where I want to look. And that's, uh, and then I go in and I find those spots. I call and confirm there's acorns. I go in and I scout those spots and, and yep, those are good spots. And then you end up harvesting a deer there. To me, that's like, wow, I I do know something. (laughs) Hey everybody, come look at how much I know about this. Uh, like that's just a, a, uh, an awesome, an awesome thing for me. And even even if I didn't kill anything, I probably still had a lot of fun because you're I just think of hunting with my buddies on this one and we all go to these various spots and mm-hmm. we confirm, oh yep, yeah, this was a good spot. But that's how I scout if I'm going to a, a, if I'm scouting from states away, this is how I do it. Print off topo, print off aerial, and start from there. And I hope during this podcast you've learned some stuff. And and taking that and be successful and help your friends be successful. But Matt just pointed out this is something that we really enjoy talking about. We we love sharing this knowledge. Hopefully hopefully you gain something from it and consider it knowledge. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> right. we're just like hearing something on the other than the radio while they're or going their, down the road. Their boss jabbing back yeah. and forth. Yeah, it's just a good escape. So if that's you, thanks anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, but this is something we, as I said we like talking about. So we're wanting we're we're considering. Hopefully you reach out to us. We had a lot of response last time we talked about where you guys are listening from what states. This is do you guys? Uh, hopefully, hopefully you do. We're we're considering we're going to probably end up start doing some Facebook live events where we show these maps. Maybe they're hour long, so it's like a video. Based, it's a, it's like, like a, a, video a video podcast, podcast. but you know, we're we, breaking down these properties or. And specifically on this one, we may use the same maps and go in on the Facebook Live and talk about them and and why we like them.
1: Yeah. You know, we realize that this is a podcast. This is audio. It's a little difficult to orient and be just communicate exactly right. Um, The spots that we're talking about, Northeast, blah, 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 everything put together. You know, there's, there's some difficulty. So if we incorporate, you know, this line of thinking and go back through this thought process after you've listened to this podcast and do it in a more visual manner through a Facebook live event, we hope that that's going to be beneficial. So we're going to, we're going to try this, um, and just be watching that Facebook page to know when it's, to know when it's coming. Um, so you can best prepare, you know, get yourself familiar with this property while listening to the podcast. Um, and then we'll go from there. I I think it's going to be a lot of, a lot of help. And, um, if you're interested in that thing, if you, if you say, yeah, that's going to be beneficial for me, let us know. Um, that could be through, uh, an email or there on the Facebook page, but just let us know that. Okay. Yes. I've been waiting Facebook live. Yeah. Who knows? We, we just want, we want to test those waters and we want to be able to, to have a really um, pretty interactive and that's going to give us the ability to say, Hey, if we missed a place or we didn't cover it in this um, podcast and you have one you'll be able to share that with us through that live event say oh well, what about this one of uh, you know just north of kate's hollow uh just further to the west right there in that saddle do you guys see that would you recommend there we can say yay or nay and hopefully provide some insight because if you're thinking about that place it's likely that um,
0: someone else will be as well um we got a big shout out to ray i hope i'm saying this right mcgee McGeehee. McGee, I think, Ray McGee, he messaged our Facebook page, uh, maybe last week, week before last, asking about cows and hunting, and and he actually harvested, he sent it through while we were recording the podcast, he said, the cows aren't a problem, but he just shot a really nice buck with a Let me a bow. see that picture. Um, and so, big shout out to him, congrats on a fine buck. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. And, uh. Sweet, good job, man. Anyway. I, I might have butchered his name. I'm a man with three first names. Very simple. I'm Scottish man. Um, Adam Brett Keith. How, how hard Brett is Keith. that? I'm not Adam a, Brett Keith. So, anyway, hope you guys like this podcast. That pretty much wraps up this week's podcast and and this whole kind of series of scouting from states away and terrain and habitat around terrain changes. Hopefully next week we're hope, we're we're hoping and banking on. It sounds like we will have Kip Adams back. Yeah, Kip Adams back from QDMA. Uh, to talk about some new stuff and uh, uh, CWD and all things deer hunting and uh, probably a little bit of hunting. Yeah. You guys, you got anything? One last thing, uh, preach your <laughs> I'll
1: see you in the vestibule after the the last prayer. You're going to be shaking my hand when I walk <laughs> yeah. out the door. All right, Making perfect. sure you put your uh, offering in <laughs> this uh. week. Um, nope,
0: I'm good. Hopefully, good. let's
1: know about that Facebook Live event.
0: And just like Ray, if you guys kill a nice buck, um, shoot us a message. We'd love to see it. Um, we'd love to talk and congratulate you and uh, hear how your hard work is paying off. Anyway, that wraps up this week's Land and Legacy podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. See ya.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of Land and Legacy's Hunting and Habitat Management Podcast. If you like what you hear, check us out at landandlegacy.tv. You can submit a viewer question right there, and we're answering on the podcast. Or find us on Facebook and Instagram
0: feels pretty good knowing that from the beginning of time, God has called us to be a caretaker, gamekeeper, a manager of the land. So with that being said, don't you think we should do it all for the love of the land and the glory to God?